Welcome. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. This is indisputable. Before we get into it, let's introduce our special guest host today. She's a familiar face, Yasmin Alia Khan. A new podcast for you. It is Modern Context. You're also a Rebel HQ contributor, and we appreciate you being with us today. We have some interesting stories. We have some interesting stories, Yasmin, and I think, um, well, you'll you'll be able to jump right in, dive right into this first one. Ex-Trump aide claims Rudy Giuliani groped her during the January 6th insurrection. Any surprises? None so far. Cassidy Hutchinson is her name, another name that you've heard before. She alleges Rudy groped her on the day of the Capitol riot while another Trump lawyer watched. Former Trump White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson alleges in her forthcoming memoir that Rudy Giuliani groped her on the day of the Capitol riot. This is according to information obtained from Hutchinson's book, Enough, which is released at the end of the month. Now, here are more details for you according to what she penned or perhaps had helped doing so. We'll dig into that. I find Rudy in the back of the tent with, among others, John Eastman, she wrote. The corners of his mouth spit into a Cheshire cat smile, waving a stack of documents. He moves towards me like a wolf closing in on its prey. Hmm. We have the evidence. It's all here. We're going to pull this off. You can just see the portrait she's painted there. Hutchinson says Rudy wrapped one arm around her body, closing the space that was separating them. She lowered her eyes and watched his free hand reach for the hem of my blazer. I feel his frozen fingers trail up my thigh, she writes, according to the Guardian. He tilts his chin up. The whites of his eyes look jaundiced. My eyes dart to John Eastman, who flashes a leering grin. Hutchinson also writes that another pro-Trump lawyer, John Eastman, watched as Giuliani put his hand under my blazer, then my shirt. Insider with the details here, horrid as they are. I fight against the tension in my muscles and recoil from Rudy's grip, filled with rage. I storm through the tent on yet another quest for Mark, as in Meadows. Oh, yeah, he'll help you, won't he? Mark Meadows, the hero. That part's not in the book. That was just me. In the memoir, Hutchinson wrote of how she felt a creeping sense of dread that something really horrible was going to happen on January 6th. What Giuliani and Eastman have to say about this? Well, let's see. Are they acknowledging the hurt, the harm they've caused? It's fair to ask Cassidy Hutchinson why she is just now coming out with these allegations from two and a half years ago as part of the marketing campaign for her upcoming book release. Ted Goodman, political advisor to Giuliani, said in a statement to Insider, Mayor Rudy Giuliani will pursue all appropriate legal action against this disgusting line. Now, he will not represent himself, okay? He's not really a lawyer anymore. Anyway, pretty sure Giuliani can't afford any more lawsuits. As we've learned earlier this week, they're piling up. Eastman's attorneys also released a statement on his behalf saying that he categorically denies Hutchinson's allegations, that he flashed her a leering smile at that time or at any time. He does not recall ever having met Miss Hutchinson and did not even know who she was until her public testimony before the Select Committee in the House of Representatives in June 2022. That statement. Continued, Dr. Eastman is considering defamation litigation against 
those responsible for making or publishing these libelous allegations. And Yasmin, let's start there. When you go to an attorney, and I've been to my share, they usually give you an initial assessment of the case and whether it's worth filing anything. Here I can predict their legal assistant probably did not even put it on the calendar. What say you about the allegations, their merits, uh, her credibility, and those she accuses? Yeah, so Cassidy has made headlines before. So it's always interesting whenever new information like this comes out. You know, you think you've heard everything, but then you find out that there's more. And whether or not that's because she's releasing a book kind of doesn't matter. That's a little bit beside the point uh, for this conversation in particular. I'm glad that you brought up the fact that Rudy Giuliani doesn't really have money to spend on any more lawsuits going forward. He's already in debt to his lawyers. He hasn't paid his lawyers. Like, what is it? Like a lot of money he's he's in debt. So right now it feels like empty threats. It feels, I don't know what Cassidy is hoping to get out of all of these allegations. I don't know what her next plan of action is, what her next what her next move is in general, what she's hoping to get out of any of this, apart from maybe just selling some books, uh, which in and of itself would be a good enough, you know, you know, if she makes some money off of it, maybe it's not worth it, but like she's getting something out of everything that she went through. But it's also hard to to say because that's not really justice, right? You always want justice whenever you've been wrong for something. And hopefully Cassidy can get some of that, however she goes about pursuing it. As far as money from Rudy Giuliani, though, I don't think he has any. Yeah, and when he sells his apartment, they should just take the proceeds. Just go through the the realtor because they'll stiff the realtor too. They've got to put it in a special account, you know, those holding Mm -hmm. accounts and take everything that is owed. Just freeze it from there. Um, But I, I do want to talk more about her because I agree with you, but I see Cassidy Hutchinson From two different lenses. On the one hand, you're right. This absolutely happened to her. You're a woman, I'm a woman. We know, we know. And based on the history, this is not the first rodeo, the first allegation of this kind that Rudy has faced. And other really bigoted white guys around him have watched, perhaps, and thought it was cute, funny, or did nothing to help this woman. So I too believe if you should. If you want to make money off of your story, write a book, do whatever you have to do, and that's the American way. I also think the American way, and here's the other lens, has to do with a young white woman who joined an administration where misogyny, racism, and all kinds of filth was front and center. Okay, No one had to look under the hood here. At that age, to be in that position, she saw it too. Okay, And America's propped this young lady up to be a hero. After aligning herself with misogyny, racism, bigotry, filth, that's what you're doing here, okay? And she told the truth about it eventually, not initially through her Trump paid for lawyer. She told the truth, but that's all she did. That's all she did. And I really am offended by White women who are propped up to be heroes when people of color have been telling the truth and being beaten back since the beginning. She told the truth. Thank you. You eventually told the truth. I wanted to make money. I just want to point that out here. Okay. We, yes, she's a victim of this. I believe that, Yasmin, but I'm so conflicted about the rest. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel that too. And whenever she first came out with all of these allegations, whenever she was testifying in front of Congress, uh, it was very conflicting at the time, and it still is now, right? We all know, you know, you work for the Trump administration, you write a book, you get some money out of it, and then you go away. That's what has happened with a lot of other people who have worked for this administration. But with Cassidy, it's like what you said, she knew what she was getting herself into, and not just aligning herself with these men with this administration in particular, she didn't just align herself, but she worked for them. You know, she did their bidding for them. And in so doing, she betrayed a lot of women in this country and especially a lot of women of color. She betrayed a lot of people in this country. So she's, she's hard to root for in that sense. Uh, I hope she gets justice. I, you know, Rudy Giuliani, he can deny all the allegations against him so many times and he will because he doesn't have a choice but to do so. I believe that something bad happened to her. Nobody is really questioning that. I don't think except for the most zealot uh, MAGA supporters. But at the same time, everything that you just said is completely true. And she's a hard person to root for in that sense. Yeah, for some of us. I just think that along with the systemic issues America has, this is representative of another. The bar is so low for some, so high for others that will never meet it. will never clear that bar. But now she has a book deal. She will be a millionaire if she's not already. And again, hailed a hero, just like that other guy who this mob was chanting, hang, hang this man. And I, I think they would have done it. Group think they would have done it. And he's a hero for what? Certifying the election. Okay, not a hero. Robot, not a hero. This one sent shockwaves through those who care, parts of the world, from Australia, New York. Rupert Murdoch has stepped down from Fox News Corp. Well, what's this about? Hmm. Rupert, powerful right-wing media mogul who built and oversaw one of the world's most influential news empires, announced that he will step down as chairman of his companies, Fox Corporation and News Corporation. As the leader of Fox and News Corporation, which publishes influential broadsheets such as the Wall Street Journal and tabloid New York Post, Murdoch has for decades commanded considerable influence in the Republican Party, matched by only a select few. His retirement comes at a key moment in the media industry as entrenched entertainment giants confront a sweeping transformation of the traditional television and film business and consumers rapidly gravitate toward streaming services. Folks, there's no moonwalking back. This is where we're headed. We're all streaming. Murdoch's decision, step down as chairman of his companies, will also send shockwaves through the political world. Just as the 2024 presidential race heats up, Fox News remains ensnared in litigation stemming from the network's peddling of former President Donald Trump's election lies in the wake of the 2020 election. CNN with the reporting here, Oliver Darcy, the media critic. In recent years, under Murdoch, Fox News has advanced baseless conspiracy theories, including the COVID-19 pandemic and the 2020 presidential election. The lies Fox News pushed about the election spawned two massive defamation lawsuits from voting technology companies, Dominion Voting Systems and Smartmatic. Fox earlier this year settled the Dominion lawsuit for an historic $787.5 million. 
Martimatic lawsuit, however, continues to make its way through the court system. Now, Murdoch's eldest son, Lachlan, who already serves as chief executive of Fox Corp, will become sole chairman of both companies. It's unclear if Fox's direction will change under Lachlan, but Rupert signaled Lachlan will maintain the right wing editorial bent his media companies are known for. However, Lachlan Murdoch has privately criticized Trump, saying that he disagrees with much of the way the former president behaves. People familiar with the matter told CNN last year. In some comments, Murdoch has gone as far as to tell people he believes if Trump were to run again, it would be bad for the country. So apple tree there, Yasmin, we'll have to figure out how far, how far rather it falls from the tree. Your um, initial assessment of this, because the board at Fox was after Rupert, they filed a lawsuit, said, you're killing us here. Profits and lawsuits and nearly three quarters of a billion dollars more. What do you think about this? Does it even matter? Yeah, so that was my first question actually is will anything really change over at Fox? You know, his son isn't much better than he is. Sure, he's privately said some things. He's privately criticized the president. He privately disagrees with this, that, and the other. But he's been born and literally bred by his father to take over this huge media empire. He's the oldest boy, and he's also out of touch. No matter how good his intentions are, he's out of touch with the general public. It's not even an American, and he's you know running the American news system now. He's used to having too much power, and he sees power, I think, probably differently than most average Americans do even very wealthy Americans. Yeah, I think a lot of people are eagerly or maybe even desperately anticipating the turnover of this old guard with the new guard because the assumption is that the old guard was out of touch and greedy and in general just representative of a different time and different values. But I'm not so sure that the people that that old guard was grooming, for lack of a better word, to take over for them, and I'm not sure if they're any better, mainly because they grew up in a very different world than the world that the rest of us have grown up in. I couldn't agree more. And as long as Rupert Murdoch is alive, and when you talk about his children, children who grow up the way you so eloquently and accurately describe, clearly want to remain at his hip, please him, do his bidding, that's what they've done. And if you think about the statement that was released or leaked or sources close to Lachlan say he criticizes the way Trump behaves and thinks if he runs, wins again, it'll be bad for the country. How dorky is that? Okay, a six year old child could have made that observation. It reminds me of another daughter of privilege, Ivanka, and all the leaks about how Jared and Ivanka just said, well, they're not agreeing with this or that. They felt strange on January 6th. All these self-serving leaks that Ivanka's whispering to probably one of her handlers to deposit here or there in the press. It just reeks of that. I want to pivot. Well, really, I want to piggyback on something that you said there about what will change at Fox and how much they will kind of weave and bob around their past because it doesn't seem like much is. They fired the guy who told the most lies, I guess. See, we could put Tucker up here with the lies. And then who would it be? Delaire Ingram or Hannity? I'll let you decide, Yasmin. But again, when we look at the programming moves they've made thus far, even after the lawsuit, I don't know that much has changed. It's so subtle. 
Yeah, and, and they're still finding themselves in the midst of other legal battles in relation to that Dominion and Smartmatic lawsuit. Um, for example, I think they're being sued by the state of New York right now for the pensions and all the things that the lawsuits pretty much put in jeopardy for a lot of the employees working at Fox and in, in, in the media sphere. And as far as who lies the most after Tucker, my gut reaction would be to say Hannity, but honestly, I don't watch either of them enough to know because they both fair lie enough. so much, right? And That's then fair. it becomes a question of what constitutes a lie, right? You can say something and you can say it in such a way where you're not technically not saying anything untrue, but you know what you're doing because you're kind of insinuating or implying something that is not true. You're misconstruing a truth so that your followers, so that your viewers will view it in a certain way and interpret it in a certain way. Tucker Carlson was great at doing that. He was really great at framing stories the way that he wanted his audience to hear them. And Hannity does a lot of that. Laura Ingram, I would say, is a little less subtle in her approach from my own personal experience with her. But it's hard to watch the news on that on that particular channel because you don't know what's real and what isn't to the point where I don't even know what to look up sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't even know which part of it I'm supposed to investigate further. It's not an outright lie. It's like all of it. Everything they're saying is not true. Yeah, and I worry about the next generation, the heir apparent, uh, because of inbreeding. And I'll explain what I mean by that. You have that snarky, boyish kid who was uh, reared, if you will, by Bill O'Reilly. Remember, that's how it was Jesse, what's his face? And he has assumed the position, and he doesn't appear to be that bright, offensive, aggressive. You know, frat boy mentality, prep school approach, but he doesn't seem to be that intelligent because he has not lived outside of that bubble. And again, this inbreeding concerns me because they just keep coming back, populating like some rodents that we still can't get rid of that roam all night in New York City. I'll never forget the time I saw a very large one start right across my path and I looked to my right. And there were all the cousins, brothers, sisters, and boy, it was a heck of a family reunion in this dumpster site. At any rate, this is indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We're right back. This is indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today. Yasmin Alia Khan, Modern Context is the podcast. She joins us today as our special guest co-host. Always appreciated to see her on the screen. Um, some housekeeping for you. Really proud of, of Jenk's book and how well it is doing. Um, we can tell how much time and care and energy poured into it. Justice is coming is the title. It's Jenk's progressive manifesto. It's available now wherever books and audio books are sold. Battle plan for progressives is here. Get your copy of Justice is coming. Tyt.com/justice. You can get it right there or local bookstore if you prefer to. Get it in person there. Members also get access to a limited restock of signed copies of Justice is Coming. For existing members, the link to purchase was posted to the YouTube community on tyt.com under announcements on discourse. And it was sent out via email. Now we're hearing that some people are having trouble checking out. So please try to sign in to shop TYT. You can do it that way using the same login as tyt.com to verify your membership. And make a purchase. It is a powerful read. Justice is coming. 
Um, so we'll all have to get together. And I know Jenk and book clubs and this and that, but we can continue. We can all continue to get together and talk about it. Let's get you some member comments here. Uh, TYT members first. Cabbage says popcorn oil is good and tasty for cooking. Handles high heat too. Just a random thought. Yeah, I know. That's uh, aimed at me and my rat tangent that I went on last segment, but I couldn't help it. Some of these people are multiplying and I wish that we could control them in some way, but then I'm a free thinker and we all have a right to express a thought, even if it's dippy. Rudy Giuliani, let's talk about that topic. Trista says, thanks for framing this in the correct way, Sharon. I care about all women and do not want any woman to be victimized. But right-wing women have been telling us that men are under attack and masculinity is under attack and women and LGBT people are the real problem. Now, when they are personally affected, that part, thank you, Trista. It is now me too. And he has me out pause for a moment because that's really, you know, she closed the loop for me, Trista did, because that's how I feel here. I, we, you and I, we know this happened to her. We can feel it as women. We don't want her to suffer. We want her to get what she deserves if she can't have full justice. But only when it happens to you, I got a problem with people like that, Yasmin. I just, that's not what real empathy is about. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to deal with for all the reasons that you just said. And the thing is, is we all know, we all could have told her, if you go work for people like this, this something like this could very likely happen to you. You're going to be in this position later. But it is like, and I feel like I am a very empathetic person, but whenever some like people start to care about something just because it happened to them or just because it happened to someone that they love, that's not good enough sometimes. I'm glad that they got there eventually. We all want them to get there eventually. And genuinely, I don't want something like this to happen to any woman, to anybody. But it would have been nice if they got there a lot faster than they did. It would have been really nice for a lot of people. All we're asking for, welcome you into the fold. Not trying to harm you, but that part. Uh, YouTube now about Rudy Giuliani, uh, putting it plainly, Malcolm X says Rudy Giuliani is a creep. Scott Smith says, and thank you for being a member. Giuliani is also, he also thought he could take power away from Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss. Remember them? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, he claims to be the one being persecuted. You went around dripping hair dye everywhere and offending everyone. You're not the victim, sir. You're also no longer the mayor. I really don't want people calling him that, but that's just me. One more for you. Oh, well, shout outs uh, for us. Thank you to Leslie Michelle, Travis King. Happy to be here filling in for Dr. Ritchie. And one more for you. Um, <laughs> Scott Smith says, this sounds like something that America's mayor would do. Well, in that case, you can call him that because that was a bit of a facade. He led in a moment of crisis, one we'd never been through as a country before. And then he, am I allowed to say, well, he trickled it all away. You insert the word. Okay. We'll move on now uh, because we have to get to some. Well, dramatic business. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. We got a Karen on the golf course right now. I'm going to take your clubs. I'm not getting a fight on a golf course. 
I stand here and you can complain. Goodbye. I'm not complaining. You're the one pitching. No. You're the and I absolutely don't want no, to speak. Oh. You took her ball. You took her ball. Bro, you took her ball. Dude, I'm not going to fight you over a You need money for her golf balls. Because I'll plant you, bitch boy. Walter. Walter? Oh, here we go. You see that? Oh. That's your dude up in the heaven, bitch, and you want to test God? Get it. He's mentally ill. Oh. You think I'm mentally ill? I know you're. Been to heaven. And that is when you get in your hopefully uh, electric golf cart and you speed out of there. You put the pedal to the metal and you get out of there unhinged. Uh, my only trepidation here is I wondered to myself, shall I label this a rabid Karen? Okay, this male Karen is afflicted in some way, but fully aware of the unhinged behavior. What did you see as? You know, I will never understand people who are wrong and they know that they're wrong and they still act with this self-righteousness and indignation. I guess this is just gaslighting, whatever he was doing here, but it's also chauvinism, right? And it's also anger and it's very threatening. You know, whenever a man defaults to violence and anger, it's actually not anything to laugh about. We're laughing now, but it's not actually funny. It's incredibly threatening and it's indicative, in my opinion, of very low intelligence you know it's like he gave up on trying to express himself with his words and so he just flipped and you saw how quickly he flipped he just immediately took his shirt off and became very threatening very violent and the people just took off because who wants to deal with that not them okay he can keep the little ball okay i'm sure he's got others uh but i will say that once he ripped off his shirt and kind of this this Hollywood action figure style to reveal a physique that he appeared to have worked a little bit for. Um, he, he won't be joining the cast of Fast and Furious anytime soon. That I can declare right now. Okay, I know a few casting agents, they're not looking for his type, even as menacing as he is. But I do think that you're right. It's funny, it's awkward. But when you do this kind of physicality, this display here, it's meant to threaten harm and push back people who, in this case, we're just trying to have some fun on the golf course. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, I think that a lot of times whenever, especially women, right? We always talk about how difficult it is to exist in the world with men, right? A lot of women will cite men as the biggest the biggest thing that they're afraid of in this world, their biggest hindrance in this world. And a lot of it men will kind of take that to be, oh, it's because we're smarter than, like historically, right? It's, you know, men are smarter. They're the ones who are supposed to be in charge. The only reason why men have any kind of dominion over women still is because they're physically stronger, right? And so if a woman gets too mouthy, she gets slapped or she can, you know, that there's a potential for that happening. And all it takes is if she just angers a man enough, right? The threat of physical violence is enough in a lot of instances to shut a woman up and to shut her down. And this is exactly what we're seeing on display here. Yes, there were other men that he was attempting to threaten. But as I said, it's very clearly to me low intelligence. This man doesn't have a good grasp on his own emotions. He seems very volatile. And that all of that means that he's a very dangerous person to me Mm -hmm. and not someone who I would want to be around.
Yeah, and the erratic behavior that he chose, I, th- I say chose to exhibit there was another way to threaten and put people off and keep them on their heels. So if you know that Mel Karen, tell us more. Okay? And put up caution signs too. Beware. Rabid male Karen on the loose golf course could be spreading elsewhere. Oklahoma church expelled due to a blackface scandal. We come in all different shades, but black shoe polish seems to be the one that they choose and the only one. Tell you what we mean. Southern Baptist expel Oklahoma church amid blackface scandal. The report is this. Pastor Sherman Jacques of the Matoka Baptist Church in Okalata, Oklahoma. So nothing wrong with the picture when he shared them on Facebook in 2017 and now earlier this year. Pushed back at criticism during a sermon where he claimed that he is not a racist and there is a simple explanation for his action years ago. Hmm. I mean, will you look at that? <laughs> Just keep it up. This is that. You're defending this. There wasn't anything racial about it. I was singing Ray Charles, Seven Spanish Angels. And I said, I love Ray Charles music. How can you portray Ray Charles if you're not a black man? Raw story with the details. Doesn't look a bit like Ray Charles. Not even a bit like Ray Charles. Not a bit. Hair, face, lips, ignorant. As for the Native American woman costume, he said, one night we had cowboys and Indian night. Now see right there. That wasn't a drag queen performance. That was a theme night at Falls Creek. And I was fully clothed and I did nothing sexual or lewd. Here's not to know what drag is about. Okay. What are you talking about, sir? What are you talking about? See that photo. The church has now been kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention. The SBC's executive committee took a vote on Tuesday and held Matoka Baptist Church to be, quote, not in friendly cooperation with the convention. Can we stop right there? Because I take issue with, I mean, they kicked him out, but what are you talking about? Not in friendly cooperation with the convention, Yasmin. Why can't people just say what it is? You're being racist and ignorant. And we don't want to be associated with you. Would am I should I not be the publicist there? But I just think, Jasmine, that what do you mean? I mean, you have to wonder why did they word it that way? Who are they afraid of alienating? And why don't they want to alienate those people anyway? Why do they need to hang on to those people in the first place? You know, there's so many things wrong with everything that we just saw and everything that was said in the story. Like you said, he was like. Why can't I portray Ray Charles? He looks nothing like Ray Charles, right? No one would look at that portrayal of Ray Charles and say, that's Ray Charles. And it's, I don't know if he knows this, but you can sing a Ray Charles song without looking anything like Ray Charles. That is an option that's available to everyone. My question is, why is any of this happening in a church at all? Why are they doing any of this? Why are they portraying cowboys and Indians? Why is he so confused as to why that's a problem? It has nothing to do with drag queens. It has nothing to do with sexual displays. It's racist and it's archaic and it's very ignorant and it's offensive to a lot of people. Just talk about the Lord and move on. Why does any of this need to happen? Yeah, I have a question about why he would still have a congregation. 
after putting on these kinds of displays and disseminating them on social media, why wouldn't more people just storm out? Why do they have to be excommunicated, if you will? It just doesn't make any kind of sense. But I also see that there is a cousin of ignorance and it's willful ignorance. Okay, they're cousins. I think he knows exactly that this is offensive and hurtful. And that's exactly the intention behind the acts. He enjoys being hurtful and laying it out there, perhaps as a distraction from his own life, problems, issues, shortcomings. I don't know. But I know he knows that this is ignorant. Okay. He knows it's ignorant. And so is he. Give you the last word, then we'll take a quick break. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, what was very shocking about that story was that you mentioned that he originally posted this picture on Facebook in 2017. There was so much going on in this country racially in 2017. If mm. I'm not mistaken, wasn't that the year that we had the white supremacists marching on Charlotte or Charlottesville uh, with the tiki torches? Wasn't that 2017? Indeed. Yeah, there, he, there's no way that he thought that, that was okay in 2017. And if he did, he's living in a very small bubble under a very large rock. So that is his own, that's willful ignorance, as he put it. Well, he can stay under the rock if, if that's a comfortable place. And I think the rest of us can breathe uh, just fine. I think we can breathe just fine if he stays under there. Yasmin Aliyah Khan, the podcast is Modern Context. And you really should fill in because you'll get more of Yasmin's commentary and everything in between. And we love having you precisely because of the way you break it down and give us a little bit of a recent history lesson. This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for the good doctor today, Dr. Rashad Ritchie taking some time off. Yasmin Aliyah Khan is our special guest co-host today. Let's get some more viewer comments. TYT member, Cats and Dragon, says this about that Karen on the golf course. That was a very disturbing male Karen. He seems to be highly dangerous. And the golf club should probably be notified about him and an APB as well, I think. Because you never know what somebody like that is going to do next. So yes, Cats and Pastor in Blackface, V says, I guess he was portraying Ray Charles in that he was blind if he thought that he looked anything alike. Mr. Charles, not a bit like him, fool. YouTube now, back to the Karen. Son of what says he does that in front of the mirror. You know, you're right. (laughs) Son of a what, you're right. That's exactly, he had it down perfectly. He had rehearsed it probably hundreds of times. And a YouTube member about Karen, me, 2022. Definitely a MAGA supporter, it's true. It's true. Scott Smith, last one. I've just gotten to the point where I can't identify with men anymore. And that's a shame. But then would you want to identify with people like this? No. So you do you. Some of us have to go it alone until other people catch up. Now, have you ever been locked out of your car? Maybe you grab a hanger. I mean, that's what what my parents did back in the day. You just try to kind of Wiggle it down there. But the hanger is kind of this universal symbol for I'm having trouble. Maybe a neighbor or someone comes out to help me. Hey, can I give you a hand? Or um, they arrest you and take you to jail. <laughs> you, you, you decide a black man trying to get into his own car is assaulted by cops. I can show you better than I can tell you initially. Hey, what the f- is all on? Hey, that, that f- 
Hey, hey, man, let him go. Hey, he was getting his own. Let him go. Hey, 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 bro, look. Hey, let him go. Let him go. Let him go. They already tried. Let him go. Hey, let him go. Oh, weak as hell. I'm recording y'all. Hey, hey, what's all on? Hey, man. Hey, we should beat they. We should beat they. Oh. Hey, man. You ain't gonna do my cousin, man. Hey, we're going to police. Hey, man. 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 Get these motherfuckers on tape. Look at these motherfuckers right here, dog. Get off my cousin. That was his own car. You dumb motherfucker. That's his own car. You stupid motherfucker. They got guns out of shit. Right, right, hey, hey, that was his car. You stupid mother, that's his own car. You that's his car. Hell yeah, I got the on laugh. I got, I got. I'm give you the rest of the details, but before I do, I want to just say this name calling, shouting, yelling, calling the cops stupid. Not helpful, but true. <laughs> what are we supposed to do with these people? Detroit police officials investigating this video from a Facebook Live showing two Detroit officers wrestling with a black man for breaking into a vehicle as a crowd shouts to let him go. That vehicle, as the crowd repeatedly says, belongs to the man. Detroit Police Chief James White said Monday the officers were patrolling the area when they spotted the man trying to break into a car using a tool fashioned to open block vehicles. The Detroit News with the details. One officer asked the subject for his name and the subject refused to provide it. White said in a statement, for reasons that are not entirely clear, it appears that other individuals at the location were encouraging the subject not to provide his name. I didn't see that part of the footage. Maybe they have body cam. Well, for now, we'll just have to take the police statement, the police word for it. Yeah, okay. Officer then informed the subject that he was being detained. Subject then became extremely irate. And there came a point when he appears to direct another individual to let a pit bull loose against the officers. Now, I wonder why they wouldn't release that. Wouldn't they release that in their body cam footage and stuff? I didn't see any of that. One point after the initial officers call for backup. The officers who are there pin the man to the ground, restricting his breathing as he resists the arrest. An officer also draws his firearm to threaten the crowd. Same officer later shows off his bite wound from the man to the crowd as they're trying to explain the man's story to the other officers, to which they remind him that he was choking the man. Now, the man is seen in the video, locked himself out of his car and attempted to re-enter it. Officers attempted to handcuff the man who was wearing a Black Lives Matter hoodie. Ah, after he ran onto a porch of a house. One officer was even seen on the footage pummeling the man as they grabbed him. Atlanta Black Star filling in more for us.
As the scuffle escalates, the officers request backup. And within minutes, two more officers arrive on the scene. One officer draws his firearm in an attempt to control the crowd. Despite their efforts, the crowd continues to tell them they are making a mistake. He, the man, was arrested but not charged. Two of the officers are on administrative duties during the ongoing investigation. This is um, well more ludicrous behavior. Okay, if this weren't so serious and disruptive and violent, and by the way, why are you pulling out your gun? That's helpful. Yeah, okay, but it's violent. And if it weren't so disgusting, it would almost be a not so funny old SNL skit. Someone with a hanger trying to a black man, and then everybody swarms him, asks questions. Nope, we'll just arrest him and beat him up in the process. That's how dippy, dumb, ludicrous this is. These are the best and the brightest, the heroes. All you do is say, hey, what are you doing? Can we help? And if he was not a criminal, he might have said, sure, I'm locked out, officers. Do you maybe have a way to help? Isn't that the way it's supposed to work, Yasmin? Or I guess not anymore, not ever. Yeah, I mean, whenever you introduce guns into a situation, all of a sudden, any kind of normal modes of communication go out the door. I don't think I would be able to communicate effectively with somebody who I knew was coming at me in a threatening way with a gun in his pocket, right? And you mentioned earlier that we just have to take the the cop's word for what happened. But since when is a cop's word more valuable than what we can actually literally see with our own eyes on video? You know, whenever white people say things like, oh, black people should just comply with the cops, black people are literally just trying to exist in this world the way that anyone else would. This is a very relatable experience and situation that this guy was in, getting locked out of your own car. I cannot even imagine being handcuffed in front of my own house, trying to get into my own car. And not just handcuffed, but as you said, it was a very violent scene. This man was attacked. He was physically assaulted by cops who were packing deadly heat. And even with the bystanders attempting to explain that this was his own car, the cops still chose to escalate the conflict even after they were informed that there actually is no conflict at all. And how many cops were there? You know, like, and Republicans want to talk about how police budgets aren't big enough. How many cops were needed at this scene when nothing was happening? Yeah, and this was in Detroit. Okay. Henry Louis Gates could tell us it happens everywhere. Okay. No matter what you've achieved, remember? Wasn't the professor just trying to get into his own house? Okay, forgot his key, locked himself out, whatever. Maybe if you approach someone and just ask some questions, it's better for everyone involved. You're right. Don't tell me I should comply. <laughs> Whether you comply or not, you'd probably be taken to the ground. Is this safe for officers, this kind of behavior? Is it even safe for them? No. We'll keep following that one. No charges. Okay, lawsuit time. Hey. I just recorded you still pouring boiling water over my paint job. No, it wasn't boiling water. Hot water that's still steaming. Yeah. 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 Okay. So why did you park at, in front of my house when there's a sign here saying, please don't? Oh, darling. And the street is empty. Why would you park here? The street is not empty. Why would you park before? here? Why would you park here? I'm You've been here for over three hours because no. I've taken a photo of what time you got here and what time I've done this okay I'm already going to court because there's probably a friend of yours 
that was parked here last um, time. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so, <laughs> How did you happen to be there with your I'm camera? sorry. So I just walked. I was walking down the street. I just walked right down the street. when I was doing that. Okay. I'm going to call the police. Okay, go right ahead, Paul. Because that's uh, actually not so, okay. Um, so you work with your... International here. Uh, the lady literally put feces of a domesticated animal on the vehicle and claim that the woman was a member of some type of parking in front of her house conspiracy by saying the other person that did it is probably a friend of yours. Bam, that is the most unlikely thing on the planet. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> thoughts here. It's more probable that you live on a street in a society with yes. roads and yes. cars. Have you thought about that? No? Okay, cool. Maybe you're living in the wrong part of town. Just like there's a reason that sometimes like the, the, the most unstable among us live in the middle of nowhere. No disrespect to the rural areas. Obviously, it's great. You want your space? I love it. But like, again, and the woman has been obsessed. Like she just she waits by the door for someone to park the way like I wait for like a package. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah. ooh, and she can't <laughs> wait. She got the ooh, she got the boiling water with poo poo in it. Ooh, you know. And there's a sign on her gate that's like, please don't park here. And this whole thing, like, calm down. It's a street. It's a public street. It's not your spot. Put some put cones up or something. You gotta do a better job. Yeah. Let, let's put up the sign again. All right. So the first mistake, don't write serious stuff in cursive. <laughs> Just don't do that. If you really want us to read it and pay attention, don't write it like that, okay? Don't don't make the fancy, you know, make it look ugly. Good parents take their children on eye-opening experiences like no museum. Daddy's day to expose the children to something else. Black father instead catches a museum employee following his family. <laughs> Will you watch? And they grab a wound, you know, it's a tomb or whatever. Yeah. Are you about to follow us the whole time, man? Are you about to follow us the whole time? Sir, I'm just making I'm, I'm asking you a question. I didn't, I didn't say nothing else. Are you about to follow me the whole time? Because if you're going to follow me the whole time, then give us a goddamn tour. I know how to control my kids. You ask me to make sure they don't run, I'm not going to do that. I said I know how to control my kids. You ask me not to make sure that they don't run, I will do that. Now, if you're going to follow me the whole time, then give me a tour. Make it worth my while. Then otherwise, stop following me. I'm trying to enjoy the, tour, the museum with my kids. Are you following anybody else that got kids? Because I'm not the only one here with kids. Oh, am I, are you following anybody else? Are you not going to argue with me? Because it do you no good. Because I haven't done anything. It's going to look like you being racist to a black man with his two children at the museum. Because you're not over there following them. You're not following them. You're not following them. They have a child too. They have a small child too. So, no, no. No, there ain't no excuse. Either you're being because I'm a man or you're doing it because I'm a black man. It's in both ways you're being different. I didn't do it that way. Okay, so are you, me, are you about to give me a tour? 
Are you about to give me a tour? I can talk to you about some of the no. if you like, sir. If you're gonna follow me around, then you better give me a tour. My favorite part is that he asked a bunch of questions that I guess are rhetorical because he doesn't even let him answer. Because the answers would have been dumb. We'll tell you more. Black father enjoying the museum with his children when he's told by an employee right there that he would need to make sure his children are under control as they clearly are from the video. As he's walking around enjoying the museum with his kids, the employee can be seen lurking behind a pillar, following them. This is when the man decided to record, despite the fact that there were other parents with their kids. The man mentions that others were not reminded to control their kids or followed, for that matter, around the museum. That is, without a tour offered. And look at the smugness. Look at the, I'm so bothered. You're stalking me, bro. You're stalking me and my kids. So why your arms crossed? Look at the body language. Okay, and why are you so put out here? I don't understand this except for the fact that I am a person of color, I'm black. And this is what happens, this is what they do. But yes, when I take issue with even, he pays the price of admission or I don't know if it's free or not. But the first thing he's told is make sure you control your kids. Who are you talking to exactly? Yeah, that's such a weird thing to say to a parent. Like you're in a museum, people understand that there is a decorum about it. They understand to take care of their own kids. If they don't, then you can have a conversation. But why would you start that way? And I love that you brought up his smugness. That was what really stood out to me was the look of exasperation on this man's Mm -hmm. face. Like he's so annoyed that he called out for following this father and his two children around. And the dad brought up a really good point that he's not the only parent there with children. So why was he being followed? And this makes me so sad because anyone who watches me on Rebel HQ or anywhere knows that I always get very sad whenever I see that there are young people who want to learn and want to be educated and want to have access to certain spaces, and they're denied that. I think it's such a crime. I think we need to be encouraging these things. I love that this dad was taking his children to the museum in the first place. Kudos to him. Kudos to that guy. But why would you, why would anybody want to make that experience less enjoyable, not just for the parent, but also for the children? They're going to remember yeah. that instance. Yeah, and I'm glad that you you left it there because that's another thing. I'll never forget, my, my mother took us to an amusement park the day with friends. We were driving home, we were almost to, to our home. And she was pulled over in one of those speed traps. And I mean, she was probably going too slow, I know my mother. But the way the police officer addressed her, very, very menacing, very rude, uh, just disgusting. I'll never forget it. I felt so horrible for my mother. I went home, I emptied my piggy bank, and I said, here, I want this, you pay the ticket with this, mom. I'll never forget it. We, we often ignore the fact that black children are watching, and they see by example how they are to be treated, meaning they're less than, and how their parents will be treated in an undignified, dehumanizing manner right in front of them. It is one of the first lessons they learn. Much more to come. We'll have uh, other stories for you on Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Yasmin Alia Khan is our special guest co-host. Modern Context is her podcast, Rebel HQ. You can also catch her there. 
Uh, let's get to some viewer comments about that man trying to get into his own car. We've all locked ourselves out before in Detroit. Archie 15 says something simple to protect and serve. We saw the opposite. Yep. Bernie the Kiwi Dragon says police defunding the police like always. Doing it to yourselves. About the museum, father taking two young children just to see some exhibits. How wonderful until he's followed like a criminal. Done nothing wrong. Julia Ward says, damn, let it go. Leave people alone. Stop talking to strangers. And then acting like you're so bothered. Rudy Giuliani, uh, I think we read that one, Scott, and agreed he's got some issues. Uh, about the pastor who donned blackface and pretended it was about the talented Ray Charles. K Ron, hey, says total racist congregation. Librio says, I hope he used Sharpie, just saying. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It didn't wash off, you know, maybe just part of it. And he had to walk through life for the next 60 days as a black man. Now that would be fitting. That would be fitting. We'll move on now. Uh, this story's problematic, hurtful. Let's see uh, where you land on it. Angelica Ross blasting Emma Roberts for transphobia. Watch the video first. I'm standing in front of Emma, talking to her like this. And she's, you know, she's in front of me, her back against the mirror. She goes, John, Angelica's being, Angelica's being mean. And he goes, and I know she's being, you know, she's not being for real, for real. She's just being whatever. And, and John is like, Okay, ladies, you know, that's enough. Let's, you know, like get back to work. And she then looks at me and she goes, she goes, don't you mean lady? And she turns around like this and covers her mouth and goes back here, but can't see. I'm looking at her dead ass in the camera. Like, what the did you just say? And I'm standing there looking her dead ass in the damn thing. And I'm like trying to process the f she just said. And I'm like, I'm standing there and she walked away. My blood is boiling, boiling. Because I'm like, if I say something, it's gonna be me. That's the problem. And I know this because there was someone who spoke up about what she was doing and they got repercussions from it. Not her, they did. So when I saw that happening, I was just like, I, I'm done, I'm done. I didn't speak to that bitch the entire time after that. So we had scenes together and I never spoke to her. She said, she said to me, she could feel the energy coming off of me. She was like, are you okay? You haven't been talking. I'm like, mm-hmm. Cause bitch, don't play me. You've been playing mind games with everybody on the set and everybody's been waiting for the moment that you would get me. And that's exactly what it is. It's a mind game. You offend me in the worst, most horrific way. I shut down on you and suddenly you're tender and warm. Are you, are you okay? 
is everything okay with you? You know, you can talk to me, right? Mm, okay. Roberts is no stranger to controversy. Give you a little background. TMZ reported back in 2013, Emma Roberts was arrested for a domestic violence incident in Canada after allegedly bloodying her then boyfriend, Evan Peters. And earlier this month, she was criticized over her treatment of a black secret service agent. <laughs> Get your niece, Julia. Might want to pull your niece aside, okay, and remind her how she got here. I didn't say she didn't have talent. Well, your niece, okay, baby girl. Roberts is, of course, the niece of Julia Roberts, the daughter of Eric Roberts. Ross would also call out Roberts' poor on set behavior towards others. Now, watch this. I'm crying, crying. Basically, it's like, what are you going to do about it, John? You're going to cry? You're going to cry about a win, 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 John? You know, like, I was like, I just looked after this, like, he was just trying to tell, like, because we were trying to move scene. Like, she was trying to make it very clear that she was number one on the call sheet and she was the one in charge. Um, and she was making sure that her trailer was right outside of the of the, the sound lot. And so one of the actors, like, a lot of the actors just, like, folks seemed like they were just kept ready to, they wanted to fight her all the time because it was just like, she was playing like psychological games on set. Like she was playing mind games with people. And so one of the actors comes up to me and was like, can you believe, he's like, I mean, one of the actors comes up to me, they're like, can you believe that bitch? <laughs> they're like, they're like, she had the nerve to ask us what we were all making for this show. And Mind you, I was not in the circle. I was not in the circle when this conversation was happening. And they were telling me that she was playing. Um, she was smoking her cigarette. You know, she smokes her cigarette outside the um, the trailer. And it's in like, okay, well, what's everybody getting? What's everybody getting paid? And I don't think nobody was really like answering the question or whatever. And what the actor told me, I guess allegedly, right? What the, what the actor told me is that she was like, well, as long as you're not getting paid more than $100,000 an episode. And then like kind of walked away, you know, type of situation. And so when I was filming my my coverage, she kept like playing with this whoopee cushion while I was doing my coverage. This is when you call up Kenya and Marlo from Atlanta Housewives and say, can you invite Emma Roberts out to in the A and spend the evening with her and kind of get her all the way together? This is crazy. The showrunner now, Ryan Murphy appears to have a history of tolerating onset bad behavior of this series leads. Leah Michelle is also allegedly known for being a terror and bully on the set of Murphy's other hit show, Glee. Speaking of Murphy, in a series of posts on Twitter on Ross, uh, shared screenshots of email conversations she had with the Pose, an American Horror Story creator, claiming that he ghosted her after saying he wanted to work with her on a season of AHS, causing her to miss other opportunities like a Marvel role. That's a big deal, right? A lot of actors want to be part of a franchise like that. Ross then shared an email from almost two years later, sent in February 2022, in which she follows up with Murphy about the project. In the email, Ross asked 
if she can be involved in the production side of the project as well. In the caption for the post, Ross reveals that when she sent that email, she was still contractually in first position with the show. And added, mind you, Marvel had called twice now. I haven't heard from him since. Vulture with the reporting. Earlier this year, Murphy's production company is being sued by the family of Paul Woodward, an American Horror Story crew member who died on his 25th wedding anniversary after contracting COVID-19 on set, are suing the producer's alleged safety measures were ignored on set. Documentary called The Price of Glee highlighted the tragedies on another of Murphy's shows, Glee. Outside of the tragic deaths of three major cast members, there were deaths among the crew as well. Two members died of a heart attack, Jim Fuller, an assistant director, and a man named Paul was in charge of props. In addition to sailing, there were two more deaths by suicide, Nancy Motes, a production assistant, and an unnamed rigger. There are many complaints of crew members being overworked on the Glee set, according to that documentary. There's been fallout from Ross's calling out Roberts and Murphy. Emma Roberts apologized to Ross with Ross posting this. Thank you. Calling, apologizing, recognizing your behavior was not that of an ally. I will leave the line open to follow up on your desire to do better and support social justice causes with your platform. No response, though, so far from Ryan Murphy. The outlandish behavior, I strike that word. I don't want to go with outlandish, Yasmin, because this is quite believable behavior when you are entitled, when you are privileged, when you are a Nepo baby. And no one's going to check you, boo. What are your observations as Angelica's chronicle? What happened to her? Yeah, you know, it's so easy to not antagonize people. Even if you don't understand what that person is going through, even if you don't care to, you could just say nothing. The fact that anything was said at best was some mean girl behavior, but at worst, it's incredibly insensitive and it made someone feel unsafe in their workplace. And that's not something that anyone should have to deal with. Work is already very difficult. Don't make it any more difficult than it needs to be. And look, I obviously don't know Emma Roberts personally, and I'm not terribly familiar with her work as an actress as we were saying in the during the break you know i don't think i'm in her target market for the work that she does but i am more familiar with leah michelle because don't tell anyone this i'm very into broadway so I've been familiar with Leah Michelle for a while since even before Glee. So I have gone down a bit of a Ryan Murphy rabbit hole once or twice, and he is no stranger to problematic and toxic sets. And he really seems to excuse a lot of the terrible behavior from his starlets that goes on on those sets. I don't know if he's just, you know, all about the craft. I don't know if he's just trying to get the most out of his employees, but at least according to a lot of the Glee cast members who have spoken out against Ryan Murphy and against working with him, it really doesn't bring out the best in his actors. So I don't know what his end goal is. It's not producing a better outcome for him. And he just hired uh, Kim Kardashian to star in the latest season of American Horror Story. And that has also been met with a lot of mixed feelings from people. And you know what? You bring up an important point because uh, maybe he likes that type. Maybe he enjoys that kind of disjointed, exactly. uh, divided set. Maybe he enjoys it. He likes being friends with people like that and kissing up to starlets. So perhaps he enjoys this kind of personality. 
And you're right, if his next booming project stars the most famous woman in the world, look at me. That might be his play and his formula for success, but it doesn't feel very good to somebody else who's just working towards their own goals and their own dreams. The ghosted portion, Yasmin, could that just be uh, the confusion? You know, hey, I didn't mean it. Because to me, it, it seems like given all the other evidence, some of it circumstantial, that was uh, deliberate as well. Yeah, I think that you can tell a lot about somebody, not just from the things that they say, but also from the things that they don't say. And to be fair, there's, you know, you can't comment on everything, right? If you're a public official, I think a lot of times you're expected to say something all the time. But no, if you're called out specifically and you, it's even in a personal instance, if somebody's saying, Hey, this is the thing that happened and I need to know how you feel about it. I need to know what you're going to do about it. And then they just choose not to address it. Then I think that is a problem. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with not just Emma Roberts' career going forward, but also Ryan Murphy's, because, you know, this is a pattern of behavior for him, as well as for Emma Roberts, as well as for Leah Michelle. But Leah Michelle, I think, is like at least trying to rehabilitate her image in the, in the press and in the public. So we'll see. Yeah, two Americas, though, including in Hollywood, because there are. Those who seem to get a second chance and those who just are, well, cast off to the side. We barely, Isaiah Washington, where have you been lately? Anyway, this is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. We're right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed alongside Yasmin Aliyah Khan. Uh, podcast is called Modern Context and you should check it out. Along with her Rebel HQ um, contributions. Let's talk about Elon Musk because there's a question that is still looming today. Did he buy Twitter to lose money? It's a valid question. Elon Musk is now considering making users pay all of them to use Twitter or X or whatever. Elon Musk says he needs you to pay so he can eliminate the threat of bots. That part. Billionaires looking to charge anyone still on X. There's less people now. The news was reported on the platform by Bloomberg's David Lee, who wrote Elon Musk revisited an idea apparently floated privately in the past, charging everyone to use Twitter, a lower tier than premium. We're moving to a small monthly payment for use of the X system, he just told Benjamin Netanyahu, saying it's the only way to stamp out bots. Mediaite with the reporting. In a Mediaite article, Musk rationalizes the proposal by proclaiming bots don't have money. You see, so they, they can't pay is what he's saying. So that way it takes care of the problem. I'm not sure that's how it's going to work. That's what the billionaire says. Now, lead a link to a November 22 article by Casey Newton about the idea of putting Twitter behind a paywall, a seemingly logical step. Musk might take after the bumpy launch of Twitter, blue subscriptions, remember those? Saying at the time, but the new blue likely faces larger problems. The existing version only had a little more than 100,000 active subscribers. Platformer has learned. The new version will be 37.5% more expensive, and its value seems murky for most regular users of the platform. It's unclear how the company will persuade enough people to subscribe to justify the effort. In July, Musk himself reported Twitter X had lost 50% of its ad revenue. 
which prompted Musk to put blue on sale for the cost of one fantastical cup of coffee that comes in a tea bag, which is 23 cents. It just seems to keep getting worse for the billionaire who has advisors, has people on the payroll. I mean, I know that he fires people, but he doesn't seem to want to listen to anyone. And despite all that money and access and toys, Twitter X keeps going down. My prediction is the same people who said, I don't care about a blue check are not going to pay a dollar, 50 cents, eight cents, one penny to subscribe and be part of this platform. Tell me I'm wrong, Yasmin. I cannot and I will not tell you you are wrong. You know, this is kind of like what we were talking about earlier about people who voluntarily voluntarily get themselves into these positions and then they run into problems once they put themselves in these positions. So it's hard to feel sorry for Elon Musk. It's hard to feel sorry for the richest man in the world and just full stop. But especially in this case, um, I still have a Twitter account. It is active. And by active, I mean that it's there. I don't use it. I've never used Twitter. I've never liked that platform. So part of me acknowledges that it is a good tool. It's a public forum. It's for the people. It's of the people, that kind of thing. But another part of me is just like quietly watching all of this unfold and like wishing it would crash and burn because I really don't like getting on Twitter. And um, this goes back to... You know, a few years ago, like 2015, when I was working in marketing and I used to have to get on Twitter every morning just to see what was up. And it was during the time when Obama was on his way out of the Oval Office and Trump was very much on his way in. And you could just see all the toxicity right there on that platform. And now with Elon and his blue checks, it's almost like you can just identify just if anybody has a blue check, I can already tell you all I need to know about them. You can already tell what kind of content they're going to be pushing out there. It's so predictable and it has become so much more of a cesspool than it was even before. And that's not good. And I think after the fact, after if and when he does implement actual payments just for regular users without, again, getting any added benefit for paying for something that has been free for years and years and years, uh, it's going to be even worse. I think that would be enough to get me off the platform that I'm not already that I'm already not using. So uh, it'll be just another place to avoid like Rumble. Yeah. And Truth, Truth Social. That was the other one. What is it called? I can barely keep a straight face on that one. But I often wonder, as uh, Elon Musk takes the platform into a nosedive, how those who were there in the beginning. You know, I lived in the same neighborhood as Jack Dorsey's parents when I was in St. Louis. And I often wondered how he feels after cashing a $44 billion check, he and other investors, how they feel about the direction. Or maybe when you come up with something and you're able to sell it, that price to, you know, some people are saying he could, Elon Musk got played. What a sucker. But do you have a personal attachment as you watch what, and I think he still retains maybe a couple percentage state in the platform, but he got his money up front. How do you feel when you watch what you built so strong and bright? Crumble, simmer, smolder, whatever. I think things have a season, a reason, and this may be 
you know, something like think of the early social media platforms that went away. MySpace. Does anyone remember MySpace? Yes, if, absolutely. No, not you. You can't possibly Love remember MySpace. MySpace. It's gone. Just it's take gone. me back to a better time, please. Right. I think all, all I want is think of the past. I don't, like I just remember, I remember the song that I had playing on my MySpace oh, page. Wow. I was in high school when MySpace was was up and about, and at the beginning of Facebook. So, I, actually, that was back when you had to have a college uh, email address to get on Facebook. So, I couldn't get on Facebook when it first came out because I was oh, still wow. in high school. But it was just better, simpler times. And I think even Zanga. I don't know if like people will remember Zanga, but that was like a live journal. We would all just come home and just type our day into these live journals and our friends from school would read it. Like that's crazy to me right now to think about that. We were all just doing this after school, but it was a different time. But to your point about whether or not somebody like Jack Dorsey would see what's happening with Twitter. And if he's sad about it, I have no idea. I mean, he got $44 billion out of it. I mean, obviously he didn't get all that money, but he definitely made a ton of money off of this deal. Maybe that's all it is for him. Maybe it's just, you know, an entrepreneurial business venture to him. But I can't imagine conceptualizing and building something for that long and then mm-hmm. running it for so long with some, you know, some of integrity. You know, you could at least tell that he cared about the platform and then seeing it kind of trashed overnight. I think the bigger picture of that is like whenever a tree is cut down, it took so many years for that to grow. And it's so big and beautiful now. And it takes two seconds to chop it down. So uh, I think that's always sad. Yeah. And I think this is what will help dispel if it's even left this, this myth that if you're a billionaire, you're smart. Just because you're born into money, just because you have money, maybe you caught lightning in a bottle, maybe at the lottery. Doesn't mean you're brilliant at strategy and business, especially when your ears are clogged, like Mr. Moss. Uh, Yasmin, tell people where they can find your brilliant commentary, uh, your productions. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is at YazK with five Z's, Y-A-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-K. And you can catch my videos on Rebel HQ. And also my new podcast is Modern Context. We have three episodes out so far. I think they're a lot of fun. In the most recent episode, we're talking about death. And we talk a lot about the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer. And also Mr. Robot, if you guys watched that show back in the day. I just finished it. So it was top of mind. Well, we support anything you do. And I wait till the end to call you beautiful. She's so beautiful, but inside and out. Okay. Okay. We lead with her commentary and her brilliance. Thank you so much, Yasmin. I'm Sharon Reedin for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Please join us again on Indisputable. 